Do you like free stuff? I do. BlueprintMCAT.com. Go sign up for a free account. Get access to Blueprint MCAT's Diagnostic, Blueprint MCAT's Full Length One, Blueprint MCAT's amazing brand new space repetition platform with over 1,600 flashcards already made for you, as well as their amazing study planner tool. Schedule out the content so you know if you are on track to take the MCAT when you need to. Again, that's blueprintmcat.com for all of those free goodies. The MCAT Podcast, session number 317. A collaboration between the medical school headquarters and Blueprint MCAT. The MCAT Podcast is free MCAT prep to help you understand the MCAT, teach you how to break down questions, and give you the skills and confidence to get the score you want on your MCAT test day. Learn more about Blueprint MCAT at blueprintprep.com slash MCAT. And welcome to the MCAT Podcast. My name is Dr. Ryan Gray, your host here every week. As always, I'm joined by our sponsor of this podcast, Blueprint MCAT, and one of their amazing live online instructors as our co-host. We are going to talk about, actually... Uh, decoding early assurance programs. It's not one of their live online instructors. Today, we're going to be talking to Marin, who is an ambassador for for Blueprint and someone who got into an early assurance program. We're going to talk about the benefits, the drawbacks, because the MCAT and why it's pertinent for the MCAT podcast, the MCAT is typically a big draw for these early assurance programs, specifically not having to take them. Although... Most of them you still do. So uh, buyer beware when you're looking at these. But it was a great conversation with Marin. You can find her on TikTok and Instagram at medwithmarin. That's M-E-R-O-N. Marin, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me, Ryan. I'm excited to chat with you about early assurance programs and some shortcuts that you have found along the way to to get into med school and not take the MCAT and all of that fun stuff. Let's rewind though and and talk about when you first realized that you wanted to be a physician. Right. So I didn't have a specific point like some people might about being a physician. I think that my like lifetime experiences kind of contributed to that. So when I was in high school, I actually volunteered in a hospital. Um, not because I wanted, I knew that I wanted to become a physician, but because that was like a common community service um, experience for a lot of high school students in my area. So when I was there, I actually had a few experiences where I kind of realized that there's like a really big um, lack of diversity in medicine. My whole time there, I didn't see a single black physician. So I kind of wonder like why that was the case and everything. So that was something that I kind of buried in mind when I moved on to college. Um, And then in college, I majored in public health. So that was something that really contributed to my interest in medicine, because not only was I interested in public health, but I also wanted to see like what I could do in like global health. Um, Yeah. So when I was in high school, I also went to Ethiopia. And when I was there, I like saw a lot of healthcare issues there with my own family and just the country in general. So that was something that I really wanted to contribute to going forward as a physician. And I continued to volunteer here, did some research and, you know, the regular pre-med stuff, um, just like clinical work and everything. So that really affirmed like my passion for it. So, so you're, you're volunteering in a hospital, just kind of 
uh, happenstance for community service, you don't see any black physicians. And yet somehow you're like, I'm going to change that. Where I talk to a lot of students who are typically non-traditional and, and the mindset that they take from that experience is, oh, I can't be a physician because I don't see anyone that looks like me. Why do you think you had a little bit of a different perspective to be like, it's weird that they, I don't see anyone that looks like me, so I'm going to be that person. Right. So that was initially my thought as well. I was like, why aren't there more physicians? So when I went to Ethiopia, I actually saw some physicians there. So I was like, okay, at least I could come to Ethiopia and become a physician here using the knowledge that I gained from like here from the US. So that was my initial thought. And then I moved on to college and actually shadowed a black physician um, who is a great mentor even now. And he really affirmed my passion for medicine and even like staying here and showed me that it's possible to become a physician in the US. So I think that combined with just my thought, like growing up, my parents always said, you can do anything you put your mind to. So that really like pushed and like affirm that like purpose in my head. So. Yeah. Yeah. Did you have any conversations with that physician that you shadowed here in the States about like, why, why aren't there more of us? Why isn't there an equal kind of representation of 13% or whatever it is of the population is black, but less than 5% or so of physicians are black? Did you have those conversations? So not exactly, but I think I would say that something that I thought of in that area and that aspect and just my own experience is when I was in high school, I was involved in a nonprofit for first generation underrepresented students. And in that nonprofit, something that I really saw is kind of the stereotypes or like the thoughts that people might have. Maybe it's like the whole availability heuristic, but just seeing me and assuming that I might not perform as well as someone that may not look that someone that looks you know different than me. I think that was something that I really thought about and kind of even I have a passion for like education and kind of just like mentoring and tutoring students. So that was something that I really kept in mind and thought about, even though I didn't have like those specific conversations with that physician. Yeah. At what point did you finally kind of put your flag in the ground and go, yep, I'm pre-med, I'm going to be a doctor? That's a good question, honestly. Um, I think since I applied my sophomore year, the whole everything about my thought process and everything has to be accelerated um, since I was basically going to say that I was going to become a physician so young. Um, so I really was just thinking about it. It was like a, as I was shadowing, I was like, can I see myself doing this? Can I actually be a physician? And I know there's like a lot of different specialties. So I shadowed in three different specialties at the time. So I had a little bit of an inkling about how being a physician is and being a doctor is. So going forward, I knew that that and just like my state of being, I'm just someone that like, I like to help people. My parents raised me in that way. So I think that my personality and just my values really align with becoming a physician. Yeah. So that's when I really was like, I need to at least apply and like put my fate in the hands of God and really see like, <laughs> is this something that I can do? Yeah. yeah. God, flex med admissions committee member, same, same. Um, right. Yeah, so, so let's talk about that, right? So you applied 
to an early assurance program known as FlexMed from Mount Sinai. I had them on the podcast a long time ago, episode 16 of the pre-med years, or then it was called the Medical School HQ podcast. Why apply to an early assurance program and and how did you find out about it versus just going the traditional route of first year, second year, third year, apply, graduate, start med school? Right. So I actually listened to that podcast episode because as soon as I decided I wanted to apply to FlexMed, I was looking up FlexMed like all over the internet. Mm -hmm. So I did listen to that episode and I feel like that really helped me. Um, But the way that I found out about it was my roommate actually sent us the application in our group chat. So this was during quarantine. So we were all home during the pandemic. So we had a lot of free time. So as soon as I saw the application, I like did a bunch of research onto like the program and how I would be able to apply. So the reason that I did it was because I knew that I wasn't really losing anything by applying. You, since it's your sophomore year, I could always apply the traditional route if I wasn't able to get in. And actually, as soon as I applied, I kept studying for the MCAT because I wasn't too sure that I would get in, honestly speaking. Um, but yeah, ultimately, it worked out. I did a lot of research on the school before I committed. So that was something that I took really seriously since it's binding. Yeah. Um, and I ultimately did choose to accept the um, acceptance. So. Yeah. So so explain that for someone who, who may not understand when you say it's binding. So you're applying to this program and it's binding and they accept you. You got to go, right? You do. You do have to go. Um, it's not as binding as like other programs now that I'm really thinking about it. You can say no later on. But at that point, you haven't taken the MCAT. You haven't applied traditionally. So you would have to take some time to do that. Um, that wasn't something that I was particularly interested in doing. So I didn't really consider it too much, especially because I already knew so much about the program, even before like interviews. Yeah. So like preparing for interviews, I learned a lot about Sinai in general and FlexMed. And so that was something that I'm really glad that I did. Yeah. What do you think is the benefit besides not taking the MCAT, right? That's that's the assumed benefit that I think a lot of students are chasing. Outside of that, what do you think is the benefit of an early assurance program like FlexMed? So I can't really speak for all early assurance programs since they're all very different. The thing that I really appreciated about FlexMed is the whole idea of the flexibility behind it. So I had a lot of free time to be able to pursue my other passions that I was really interested in. And one of their essays actually helps you get into that. And that was something that was discussed very thoroughly during my interviews was what I was going to do with the free time that this allotted me. So you actually also don't have to take organic chemistry. You don't have to take biochemistry and like a lot of physics too, and some other requirements. I personally took those before I even applied. So I didn't, I wasn't allowed that. um, How did you fit those in before you applied? So my sophomore year was very hectic. I took (laughs) organic chemistry, biochemistry, and intro biology all in those years and the labs. Um, And then my freshman year, I had took intro chem. So that's how I fit it into my schedule. What? Why? Um, that is. It seems like such a rush. What? What were you? Were you hoping to graduate early just to save on tuition? Like, what was that thought process? I there? was. Yeah, I was actually planning to study abroad, so I was trying to fit all my requirements so I could study abroad. Got it. My plan was to either study abroad for a year or for a semester, so I wanted to have those credits in so I could just possibly MCAT study while I'm abroad and still apply like traditionally. 
So God. Was, yeah. So you you had other plans kind of already cooking, and then you're like, oh, there's this FlexMed, and I can I can check that out as well. When when you were looking at FlexMed, there obviously had to be some sort of emphasis on grades, right? Your your performance. Um, potentially even going back until high school. I, I think they they look at some high school performance and high school standardized tests. So my assumption is that you're obviously a good student. So it's not like you needed to be quote unquote afraid of the O-chems and biochems and, and stuff like that. For you, what were you hoping to do slash accomplish? Uh, I, I'm going to put myself in the shoes of the FlexMed interviewer. Like, Marin, what are you going to do with your free time? Like, wh- what were you hoping to accomplish? Like, you're going out and, and uh, solving world peace and curing world hunger? Like, what's what's going on there? Yeah, so I did talk a lot about my passion for, like, traveling and kind of just just that cultural competency. So I talked about how I wanted to study abroad. And my whole plan with studying abroad was to do research in public health while I'm abroad. So that was something that I did do um, after I was accepted. So it was that and just my passion for research as well. So I was already doing research um, at the Hopkins Hospital. So that was something that I really wanted to contribute like more time to, especially going forward, because we were getting into the nitty gritty stuff of the research. Um, and just trying to dedicate a little bit more time to that. So I started working, um, dedicating more time to that project and this whole study abroad um, experience in general. Yeah. What does the application process look like to FlexMed? Right. So you apply or the application opens in August of your sophomore year and the deadline is in January. So I think I submitted my application around December and it consists of three essays. I'm not sure if they've changed the prompts um, in general, but I think it's still the same. The first one is describe your biggest professional or personal accomplishment. The second one is your biggest professional or or personal disappointment. And then the third one is what you're gonna do with the free time that it gives you. And then after you submit those, you also submit your grades, your high school grades as well, and your SAT or ACT score since you don't have the MCAT, they need those stats. And then you have two interviews in March, and then you hear back from them in July after you finish your sophomore year. So you're applying August to January-ish of your sophomore year, which is basically that, that fall semester. So you really only have theoretically a year under your belt of college courses. Is that, do I have that correct? Exactly. Yeah. That year and then that sophomore Potentially fall. Potentially that semester. Yeah. But it was during the pandemic, so I didn't really even have grades for my second semester of freshman year or that fall semester. Because it was all pass-fail? Yeah, it yeah. was all pass-fail. Okay, yeah. interesting. Do you know what the, the, the numbers are in terms of people applying to FlexMed and how many they accept? I want to say it's around 900 to 1,000 students that apply. Wow. And then for the interviews, I want to say it's around half of that. Okay. I, I'm really not sure about the numbers. Okay. And then at least according to the group me that we're in, um, around 30 people got in. So. Okay. 
So 30 people. And then how are you integrated into the rest of the, the Mount Sinai class? Because Sinai is a medical school. They're accepting students normally through the normal application process. Uh, are you kind of treated like the babies in the room and put it to the side? Or are you just integrated right into the first year class like everyone else? What does that look like? I think in general, we're just integrated right in. Um, I know there's a summer enrichment program that FlexMed has, but I think it's for all non-trad students. Is it and mandatory? You don't necessarily, it's not mandatory. Okay. So I'm personally not doing it. Okay. Um, it's mostly for students that didn't take like organic chemistry, biochemistry, some of those requirements that you might want to have under your belt um, moving forward, or if it's been like some time since you've been in school for non-trad students. Okay, but besides that, you you just you're starting first year med school with with everyone else. Nope, first year. Wow. Yeah, that's exciting. What was it like to to get that interview and then ultimately get that acceptance? So it was exhilarating. Um, the interview. I was actually home and I was with my roommate. So as soon as I read the uh, invitation, I was very overjoyed. Um, we celebrated that night by like eating out. And then the actual acceptance was terrifying, kind of, because during, like, we have a group chat for all everyone that applied. Mm -hmm. And so people were sending in, oh, I got, like, an interview, or I got accepted, or I got rejected. And, like, there's a lot of, like, chatter. And I got my email, like, towards the end. So as soon as I got those notifications, I FaceTimed my dad because I knew my mom was at work. So I wanted him to, like, see my reaction, whether I got in or not, since... Mm -hmm. You know, he prayed over my application. He was just a really big um, supporter. And so once I got the actual acceptance, he was like, forward me the email, like just to make sure that you're not like reading it wrong or something. And then later I called my mom and she was like, and I was like, oh, like I'm going to throw away all my MCAT books. Like I'm done. Like <laughs> this is it. And mom was like, don't do that. Just, yeah, like call them up, make sure like they sent it to you like properly. So yeah, it was, it was yeah, it was really cool for everyone involved. And, you know, being the first in my family to go to college and everything, everybody was really overjoyed. That's yeah. awesome. As as you've gone through this process now and explored other early assurance programs as you're kind of learning more and, and talking about it more on TikTok and other places, what have you learned about in terms of the differences between different types of early assurance programs? So they definitely all have different requirements. And some are binding, some are not, like some are stricter after you get in. Um, one thing that I do appreciate about FlexMed and something that I haven't seen other medical like assurance programs doing, early assurance programs, is FlexMed allows you to take two gap years after you graduate college, which is really beneficial for a lot of students that want to take the extra time off. And you can even do more after you graduate. So that's something that's really cool that I feel like is maybe unique to FlexMed. Mm -hmm. um, and obviously, like the school, there's different schools in different locations. And a lot of them also only accept students at their own university, mm -hmm. which is kind of, you know, I mean, good for them. But like for other students that like want to apply to anywhere, I think FlexMed is really good in accepting students from like all states and all backgrounds. Yeah. When you got your acceptance and you're planning out kind of third and fourth year, did you stick with kind of your plans of traveling and, and doing the things that you said you wanted to do? Yeah, I did. Um, my junior year, I did go abroad. I went to Switzerland and I was actually able to do research at a branch of the UN, which is what I really wanted to do. 
Um, and it was interesting because it was combining my passion for entrepreneurship and healthcare in this research project that I did. And so I got to do that. I got to devote more time to my research. We're actually just wrapping it up um, and just going a little bit more global with it. And so that was really cool. And I'm really glad that I got to do a lot more. And I even got to expand into other hobbies, took up piano, um, tennis, you know, things like that. So I'm really happy that I got to do all that, plus social media, which was really cool to like expand into. Yeah. Are you concerned or is there any concern or, or maybe FlexMed has talked about um, with other students because of their flexibility, right? It's built into the name FlexMed, the flexibility of not needing to take OCHEM and BioCHEM and, and all this other stuff. Is there concern that students are less prepared for or do you have that concern that you're not going to be prepared for these med school classes because you didn't do, or for you at least, it's been a while since you've done maybe some more rigorous hard sciences. Yeah, you know, there is initially that concern, um, but I think that there must be a reason that they didn't allow, or they are not forcing people to take those classes. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's not necessarily something that you have to take. And I do know current FlexMed students that go to Sinai, which I'm really um, lucky to know. So that's something that I talked to them about and I asked them like, should I be taking like another science class, just like prepare myself or should I be like studying the MCAT like on the low key? Um, but they all said that it was, they were fine without doing that. And yeah. they matriculated, some of them didn't even do the summer enrichment program and they're doing just fine. Um, and some of them have actually graduated last year. So yeah, I and think it, it's doable. And FlexMed again has been around a long time. Uh, I had, um, David Muller on the Dean for Medical Education at Sinai this many years ago now. Um, and I, I remember that conversation talking about how the data shows the students do just fine. And I'm like, so why are we making students jump through all these hoops with OCHEM and biochem and physics and all this other stuff? If we have at least an N of one, we have one school that shows, hey, our students are doing fine without those classes. So I don't know. It's interesting. What do you, what do you yeah. think about that? Yeah, I agree. I feel like maybe, you know, this could be a program that other schools could look into, especially maybe for those students that are interested in medicine early on in their career. Because I know some people, they realize it a little bit later. So maybe after, by taking those classes, they're like, oh, I'm interested in science or something like that. I, I came into college knowing that I was interested in science. I took a few classes. I see San Diego in my high school journey. So that was something that I knew going forward, but maybe that's something that students figure out along the way by taking those classes. Yeah. So I feel like it could really just depend on the student and their interests. Yeah. Is there anything you feel like you're missing because you went this path? Um, honestly, at this moment, I want to say no, just because like I'm already so close to starting. I feel like... Um, there isn't, but I feel like maybe if I hadn't took those classes, if I hadn't took organic or biochemistry, then maybe that's something that would be slightly concerning. But in that case, I would just take the summer enrichment program since it's there for that purpose. So other than that, not really. I'm honestly at this point just really excited to start. Yeah. And in, in terms of shortening your educational path, FlexMed doesn't necessarily shorten the path, right? It's just removing some of the 
typical requirements like the MCAT, Biochem, OCHEM, et cetera, but you're still graduating from undergrad typically in four years and then starting med school, right? So it's not like an accelerated program. Do I have that right? Exactly. Yeah. Some early insurance programs are accelerated. There's three years of college and then four years of medical school, similar to BSMD programs. But FlexMed, as you stated, is four years of college and then you matriculate. Got it. Got it. Okay. What else do you think students should know about early assurance programs to to think about whether or not it's going to be right for them? So I think something that a lot of students should think about is, first of all, not all early assurance programs um, bypass the MCAT. There's some that still assume that you will take the MCAT. You just might have to get like a lower score to stay in the program. Um, alongside that, I think it's really important to really research the school before you apply because it is a really big commitment um, for the next four years of your life, possibly more if you want to stay there for residency. So definitely research the school, not only like not just for the interview season and whatnot, but for your own personal journey. And I think that really helps you learn a lot about the school too, because I feel like going into the school now, I know a lot about the different programs and resources that art that offers and that's something that you can also get by talking to current students. Yeah. So definitely networking and everything. You got your acceptance, you said kind of end of sophomore year, that that summer between sophomore and junior year. What sort of interactions are you having with the faculty of the med school, the deans of the med school? Um, or is it, hey, we'll see you in a couple of years. Uh, is there interaction or do they just kind of let you go do your thing or do you have to check in with them? Like what's going on in between that time? Right. So after you get in, you actually still have to do clinical hours. So there's 100 hours minimum that you have to submit. Um, alongside this, there's also a thesis or a capstone that you have to write as part of the requirements after you get in. So because of that, I was still communicating with the dean and the, with the admissions office to submit those documents um, through the portal. So that was something that really kept us, I guess, in contact. Um, and then obviously, like as it's getting closer now, I've been talking more with the financial aid office and the deans in general as well, because I've been trying to figure things out, especially with moving and housing. But that's something that all the incoming medical students are doing. So not specifically for FlexMed. Yeah. Let's talk about social media for a second. What what brought you to the, the social media world to start talking about all this? Right. So I, the reason that I started TikTok was basically just to tell more students about FlexMed. Because I feel like even at Hopkins, which is known as like a doctor factor, just like a lot of pre-med students go here not a lot of students knew about FlexMed. So I feel like that was something that I really wanted to spread, especially to other students, um, specifically as an underrepresented student myself, as a first generation student. I thought that more other, other students that have similar backgrounds should know about this since there's such a, an equality gap in terms of um, education, just knowledge about things like this. So my first TikTok was actually like five seconds long. All I said is, if you're interested in bypassing the MCAT, apply to FlexMed. Um, specifically for sophomores and freshmen in college. So that was my initial purpose in starting TikTok. And then it kind of branched out onto other advice that I have for incoming fresh, for incoming freshmen that are interested in the pre-med journey or interested in applying to medical school. What have you seen uh, in terms of the, the response to what you talk about um, that, that kind of continues to drive and, and motivate you and potentially kind of talk about different things. 
So I think the most common uh, comments that I get when I do post a video is, well, like she's lying, like there's no way there's a program <laughs> that um, doesn't like doesn't make you take the MCAT. And then there's also certain people that are like, oh, like Mount Sinai, I just looked at the requirements, like you have to take the MCAT to get in. But it's like a specific like program that you have to look up. So I think that's something that really motivates me because that's showing me that still a lot of people don't know about this. And even now when I post about it, um, it's been like over a year since I've been on TikTok and even posting about it now, there's still people that come and like, what, I've never heard of this. So I'm like, yeah, that's why I'm like trying to talk about it more is like for more people to hear about this and like spread the knowledge. Because I think that, especially in the pre-med community, which is I know something that you preach through and through is collaboration over competition. So I feel like it's really important to like contribute to more people's like successes in this community. Yeah. What are you hoping to accomplish as a as a physician, as a graduate of the FlexMed program in the future? Yeah, so I'm still not sure what specialty I want to do. That's something that I'm really especially thinking about um, now. But I know that's something that I'm really passionate about is um, trying to combine like my love for public health with medicine and trying to do some global work in the future. Definitely in Ethiopia, but maybe in other countries as well, using the knowledge that I learned now. Um, and uh, collaboration with that, also just my love for entrepreneurship. I did minor in it in college. So hopefully something that combines the two, possibly in like a research setting um, or like in a clinic, if I do want to open my own clinic for under like resource communities. Yeah, awesome. As, as we wrap up here for the student thinking about FlexMed or other early assurance programs, who may be on the fence about applying to them. What final words of wisdom do you have for them? So my biggest thing is just apply. Like I feel like the worst that someone can say or a program can say is no. And I really just don't see like not applying. Um, in terms of like financial reasons, there's like waivers that you can sign up for and there's I did call like um, the admissions office when I did apply and ask for an application waiver so I didn't even have to pay for the application so there's a lot of different ways that you can um, find different resources and it's always good to ask because they're worse someone can say is no um, and just apply like and don't let someone tell you that you can't do something because if you believe in yourself then you can do anything that you put your mind to all right, so there you have it. Again, that was Marin, a ambassador with Blueprint MCAT. You can go find her on TikTok and Instagram. Don't forget to check out blueprintmcat.com for all of their amazing free resources. Have a great week. We'll see you next time here on the MCAT Podcast. This is MedEd Media.